0: Hey, security peeps, we are live with another edition of Breaking into Cybersecurity Mondays with Dr. Dan. I am Renee Small, cybersecurity super recruiter, helping awesome leaders hire great talent. Dan, you want to introduce yourself?
1: Yes, Dr. Dan Schaefer, Peak Performance Strategies. Uh, I'm a uh, business and sports psychology psychologist, and what I do is I help people get a competitive edge very, very quickly, uh, pretty much by selling them mistakes.
0: We're going to talk about those mistakes today, Dan.
1: Well, why why don't we do that? You know, it's, it's interesting. Somebody said, why would anybody want to buy a mistake? Don't we learn by our own? And I would say, absolutely, you learn by your own mistakes, but it's a lot cheaper to learn by somebody else's.
0: Right, right. So today, after goodness, it's almost the end of the year, one more Monday, (laughs) and <laughs> we're at the end of 2020. It's nuts. Dan, you've been on with us for months now, right? Uh, chatting with us every week, giving us insight, um, sharing your your uh, expertise, and just answering questions about. Things that we're dealing with that doesn't have to do the, the, you know, the psychological aspect, the things that are not technical, all of the non-technical things going on. And so we're going to kick off today. And the question is, and I I know you ask this to people all the time, all of your clients, what do you need to have happen right now? And I know there's an emphasis on you and there's an emphasis on right now.
1: So Dan, take it away. This is, you know, it's an interesting, it's an interesting question because people say, oh, my company um, needs this, my, the, my practice needs that. But at the end of the day, it's, it has always come back to the individual. When I worked with, uh, as a consultant to Hewlett Packard with their senior executives, you know, it really came down to what did they need to have happen for their career moving forward. And so it was identifying, and I would ask them for a wish list. What do you need to have happen? Uh, and so some people would say, I need to increase my concentration. Well, okay, what what gets in the way of your concentration? Well, I get distracted. What distracts you? Uh, and they noticed that uh, predominantly what distracts them is the way they talk to themselves. I had a client this morning, we were talking about, uh, you know, conversations that she has with herself. And the point is, is that... Uh, and she's a very accomplished athlete. And, and so the, the conversations with herself are not uh, enhancing. They contaminate. And so we talk about how do you identify distractions very quickly. So I would ask you in your own position, what, what distracts you? What kind of distractions can you anticipate? What do you do with them when you find them? How do you deal with them? How do you take them and put them someplace else until you can deal with them? And, you know, we're still heavy in the football season. And so I use the 40-second play clock as an example. Uh, You know, when a a quarterback runs a play that doesn't go well, he doesn't have a lot of time to beat himself up about it. He has to come right, right back in because he's got 40 seconds to run the next play. Now, does he need a time of day or a time during the, the week to, put, to process the things that have not gone well? Yes, but not in the middle of the action. And I was describing to somebody else my perception of what cybersecurity people deal with, and I say it's like he's sitting under Niagara Falls. The water never stops. The pressure's never off. And just when you think everything's quiet, we come up with what's happened in the last couple of weeks. So... You know, my question is, how does that impact you? And how does it impact your team? How does it impact your management style? Uh, what gets in the way? So uh, the question is, can you f- identify anything that takes your eye off the ball? And so if anybody would want to chime in on this call and type in what they want to have happen right now, what they need to have happen, and you can disguise it any way you like, but the point is, is that these issues is usually have, what, what I deal with has nothing to do with the the, techni- the techn- technology of cybersecurity. It has to do with the mindset of competition. How do you compete in a situation where the, the play is never over? It may seem like it's over, but the play is never over. They just keep coming and coming and coming and coming. So, How do you prepare yourself for that? And that that really is a mind game strategy. It is putting together some strategies that help people to identify when they're going to get into a situation where they need to be thinking differently about what they're doing.
0: Right. So, Dan, I know um, this is one of those weeks where – People may be on vacation and not, not as often, but I'll kick it off and talk about, you know, some of the things that I know distracts people um, just as a whole. Like you think about social media or, um, you know, even if you're just a news junkie, you know, somebody that's constantly just looking at different news sources to see what's happening. Um, you know, if I, if I can think about some of the things that people have told me distract them, um, those will be some things that are out there. So if that was the case, if somebody's chimed in and say, hey, these are the things that distract me, then, or not even knowing when, where to start. Sometimes there's so many things in front of you, right? That you don't even know where to begin.
1: Right. You know, uh, the, uh, the conversation I had just before this call was with a client who's got a, got a challenge in dealing with uh, somebody, who, her manager who is very, very good at her job, but absolutely horrible at managing. Now, Renee and I have been dealing with that stuff for years and years and years. And you look back and you say, if somebody is, is and if dealing with, and I let me back up a little bit. I said to her, the way we're working together so that people would understand is based on a profile that we have of this particular woman, uh, we're constructing ways and language to use and having conversations with her that are not threatening, but get a message across. And I said to my client who was absolutely outraged at something that happened, I said, the first thing I want you to do is I want you to p- put the pin back in the grenade and give me a call. Uh, because today, you know, uh, it, it's it, changing jobs. is not easy. And uh, finding someone who, who, uh, who you enjoy working for, who is in a job where you love, absolutely love what you're doing. I mean, there's absolutely nothing better than to be doing what you love. You know, if you're doing what you love, you never work a day in your life. You can't wait to get up and do what you do. And that, th- thank, thank God, that's the situation I'm in. I mean, I love what I'm doing. I mean, I'm talking to athletes, people who run into companies. But the point is, is that a lot of it, it's pretty much the same thing. How do, you, how do you manage yourself in those situations? How do you control your stress, control your distraction, uh, speak positively to yourself, uh, control, discover, develop a strong vision for the future? That's a huge thing today. Everybody today is dealing well. It's 2020, almost 2021. Well, every one of my clients is in 2026 working backwards. Where do you want to be? What does twenty twenty six look like for you? And how do you uh, how do you let get that information into your subconscious mind so it happens on your behalf without any effort on your part? Because if you've competed in any sport, uh, if you, you took a uh, if if you threw a touchdown pass, or you sunk a three pointer, or you ran a particular race you read it pretty much from your subconscious mind. And it was, what do you get out of the way? And, you know, most people say that, uh, I, I, usually use sports as an analogy because, uh, sports is just like a business deal, but it, it just happens faster, but not as fast as the cybersecurity stuff happens. So it's how do you, it
0: happens pretty fast. It ha-
1: it happens fast. And, you know, and it's not unlike this virus. You know, you don't see it. So I, I don't know at what point people would determine if something's happened. Are there any, you know, what kind of technology is involved to let you know that something's going on? I don't, I don't know. That's not my field. But I think that uh, the mental part of it is. Mm-hmm. So, if you're managing a team, what are your challenges in managing that team? And if you, you and if your team is remote, that's another whole process that we talk about. Right. One of the issues that uh, HP had was they had a tremendous amount of senior, really senior executives managing remote teams, and they could not manage them with the traditional management style. They had to well, move. That, I think
0: after this year, like almost everybody in this field is remote. Right. So, getting them to, to the point of um, excellence in terms of remote management is a necessity at this point.
1: It is. But, you know, like anything else, stuff that worked before just doesn't seem to work today. Uh, what we did with HP was we moved them from a management culture into a coaching culture. And, uh, that, that is a trickle down effect. Once you start coaching people and not managing them, it takes a tremendous amount of pressure off the manager and puts it onto the, uh, the associate. So, um, and in a way the difference is, is that if I came to work for Renee, And Renee would say, well, here are some tasks I want you to perform. And she would evaluate me at the end of six months or a year and and give me a yearly evaluation. Uh, But if she had 10 of me and she wasn't close by and she couldn't observe my behavior or monitor my behavior or my productivity, uh, there's a part of her that's going, oh, my God, is Dan really doing what he's supposed to be doing here? When you go to the coaching culture, that's different. That doesn't even exist. She would say to me, Dan, here's a process. Here's something I'd like you to handle. Go back and tell me how you're going to handle this. Let's meet tomorrow and give me your plan. So I would come in and describe my plan to her. And she would know instantly if I was on the right track based on her experience versus mine. The second phase of it is you say, okay, we have a timetable. So are you gonna be able to handle this and get this done by January 15th? And I would either say yes or no. I have other obligations. I have weddings, it's something I have to go to. But again, I've done two things. She's gotten me to do two things. One, describe my process, which she would agree with. And the second part is to say, uh, have me commit to the time frame. The third part of this is really what makes it easy for a manager. The third part is she'd say to me, now, Dan, what do you need for this project? What do you need from me? So I would tell her what I felt I needed from her to, to conduct this process and move it along. Anytime she wants to check on how I'm doing, all she needs to do is call me on the phone and say, Dan, hey, what do you need from me today? What do you need from me today? So it puts everybody in a situation. The pressure that's put on the manager here is interesting. And we've run into this over the years with people we've worked with together. Um, to, to the coaching culture to work really effectively, uh, you need to know what you do well. The coach needs to do, know what he does well. A lot of people do stuff automatically without knowing what they do well. And so, you know, it's impossible to teach something to someone that you don't know that you know. So how do you do that? So I just got off the phone with somebody earlier this morning, and we were talking about competency models. Uh, I have a competency model that HP has used for senior executives globally. It's 35 items on the competency model. So if you're looking at hiring somebody, bringing somebody in for a position, do you have a competency model? Or does your company have a competency model? And we use that to let the people who we were coaching to measure their performance. Take a look at the competency model. Tell me two or three or four things on here that you need help with, not help you with them. So because back to our question. What do you need to have happen right now?
0: Right, Dan. And so one of the things you talked about before jumping into this part is the 2026, 20, 20, you know, five years out looking backwards. And that your clients are in 2025. And I remember when I first met you and you said that to me, I don't know. It was 15 years, years ago. <laughs> I was thinking like, was it 2005, 10 or something like that? Anyway, years ago. And you and I, I blinked, like, I wondered, what are you talking about? You know, like that your clients are in, you know, five years, whatever it was. It was five years um, ahead. Um, and so... I just wanted you to kind of reiterate that and explain to people what that really is like um, when you say you know that your people are in tw- your, your clients are, are currently in I guess 2026 at this point five years from 2021. Yeah. yeah
1: well uh, it, it, it's interesting that uh, everybody talks about goal-setting. I think goal-setting is important oh, but this is not goal-setting this is dreaming because this is a difference between your conscious mind and your subconscious mind. Um, And so your subconscious mind, one of the things it does, it must act out every thought, image, or idea you put into it. And so if you say, in 2026, I want to be at my own company, I want to be doing this, whatever the dynamics are, and it makes no difference. It's the same with a kid in sports or with a professional athlete. Where do you want to be? And once you say, "Here is where I want to be," then your subconscious mind says, "Okay, I'll go in that direction and move in that direction, and I'll give you ideas that you're going to need to make that happen." Uh, and and what you need to do is follow along with that uh, and pay attention to the pay attention to the messages you get. So, it, it seems a little airy fairy to people. Uh, that that who who would do that? But I just got off the phone with a young woman who's a, a division one swimmer, and she's already targeted the time she wants to swim in her national championships. I have another young woman who's a, a college swimmer who's two seconds away from Olympic qualification. So that's the dream. What happens is it's interesting. We look backwards from 2026 for anything you could possibly do to foul that up. So I come back to all the experience I have in a variety of businesses and athletes and sports. And I'll say, here are the mistakes I've seen my clients make before they became my client and what it cost them in money, emotion, or reputation. Those are the motivating factors. So you could say to somebody, what mistakes did your clients make and we can go back to anybody on this call what mistakes did your company make before you came on board and what are the cost of in money emotion and reputation but almost everybody on this call could write a book on the mistakes mm-hmm. they've seen made in in the field that they, in, the, in the area of business that they're operating it's
0: very true instead so, i mean it's easy to see
1: you know if, if you know somebody said to me a while ago Give me an example. I said, okay, Renee, you tell me you're going to drive from D.C. to, to L.A. And uh, I said, I have a book with all the radar traps between here and L.A. Do you want to buy the book now or do you want to wait till you get to L.A. to buy it? No, I want the book now. But it's but isn't this exactly what everybody in cybersecurity is doing?
0: Right. They come
1: to a new position. They've seen mistakes that other people have made Of course, a, a Fortune. It could cost a company. God even knows the impact that this current hack is going to have on on uh, on businesses and banks and whoever they were able to get into. But the point is, is that that's the way to approach this stuff.
0: Yeah, Dan, you're right. Rashid is here. He says, hi, everyone. Hey, Rashid. Hi, Rashid. We didn't anticipate a ton of people today knowing that it is the week of Christmas um, but if anyone here has questions or, you know, has a um, anything they want to ask Dan, this is a great time to do so, especially what do you want to, I mean, the, the, the real question is, um, and it should have been a question mark versus an exclamation, but both, what do you need to have happen right now? And um, Dan asked this question, this is, Dan, I think this is one of the first questions you ask your clients, Right?
1: Yep, yep. Because the thing is, is that, you know, it was interesting. When we came, uh, when we did the work with Hewlett Packard, and I use them as an example, because they're a global multinational company with people in, I mean, we were involved with we clients in 16 countries. So when you come back to that, all the all of the ethnic parts of it, the, the social structures within companies in countries, the political philosophies, all of that went aside because... What HP wanted was for these people to have a development plan. How do what what steps do I need to take to develop myself to become a leader in this country? Now, anybody who would like to see this um, um, competency model, send me an email. Just put competency model, and I'll send it out to you. Uh, the The point is, is that. It's the way they needed to approach what was going on. And how do you do that? Well, by, by uh, coming back and, and they put together development plans because we would coach these people on a weekly basis for almost a year by phone from wherever they were in the world. But that wasn't the real issue that came in because when we finally come down face-to-face with somebody, one-on-one, when it was completely in confidence, it came back to this question. Here's what I need for where I am now or for where I want to move forward. And I want to find out anything that's in my way of moving forward. But it's a thought process. It's an untraditional. It's a thought process that defies conventional wisdom. And I use as an example uh, a a client and friend of mine who's an expert witness in construction. I said, give me just one example of how you operate, what you do for somebody. He's a project manager for huge international projects, uh, and so he said to me, "Well, he said I was got a contract to redo a restaurant in New York City, and uh, my the guy who hired me called up and said, as soon as I sign this lease, he said I'm going to, uh, uh, I'm going to come in and sit down and talk to you about what I want to have done." He said, don't sign the lease. He said, why not? He said, the lease was drawn up by my attorney. He said, you might have a fantastic attorney, but he's not a construction project manager. He said, let me see the lease. He said, I read the 200 pages of the lease. And I said to him, I want you to add one word into this lease and the word is latent. He added latent in and latent saved his client $150,000. One word in a lease. So it's having somebody know the kind of the experience that happens, and this is really the environment that the cybersecurity folks have. You've dealt with a lot of this stuff. Some of it's extraordinarily valuable, but nobody knows it. So how do you ma- right. how do you maximize what you have?
0: Uh, she wants the, the
1: competency model. Okay. All he needs to do is send me an email.
0: Rashid, send Dr. Dan an email, dan at danschaferphd.com. I will put it in the chat.
1: Right. And then just uh, just put the competency model in the subject bar. Dan at. And, and, you know, one of the things that we've talked about is, uh, and it's very interesting, um, I did some work with hockey players years ago, and I had 95 of the country's top hockey players in this clinic. And I've told a story before on this show that uh, when it was over, I said, are there any questions? And there were no questions. And I said, how did I do an hour and a half clinic for high-performing athletes and get no questions? So at the end, I had 40 kids lined up along the wall that said I would never ask a question in front of people I'm competing with. So I'm not the least bit upset that we don't get questions. But you can email me questions with that uh, at that email address and I'll be happy to answer them. And also it might be an opportunity for you in confidence to talk about what's going on right uh, and uh, maybe a way I can help you with it.
0: Exactly, exactly Dan. I think some of the things that you shall Rashid says thank you so much Dan and Renee. You're welcome. Some of the things that you've been dealing with for all these years, um, I just think it's so eye opening. Um, And unless someone's spoken to you or someone like you, I don't think there's anybody out there like you, Dan.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Not not as crazy, that's for sure.
0: I don't think there's anybody out there like you, but unless they, until they talk to you and, and like you said, in confidence sometimes and just ask questions and, and hear about, you know, your strategies and the way you work, it's just, it, it, to your point, it defines conventional wisdom. Like it doesn't seem to align with everything else that's going on. And it totally works and it totally, um, it's just such a mindset shift
1: and it surprises me uh i'm constantly surprised by people i mean i i was in geneva with a client who ran hewlett packard for Ireland. and we were there for three days uh and uh, with about 15 other participants from hewlett packard and he came to me toward the end and he said you know if somebody tells me you work with golfers i said i do he said well I'm going into this tournament. I'm going to be playing with two club champions and myself. Uh, I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to feel like I've been gonna be, I feel like I'm gonna be beaten in the way I talk to myself and all. So I said, just listen to the way you talk to yourself. He said, Oh, that's that's BS. He said, I don't, I don't do that. So when I talked to him the following week, he said, Let me tell you what happened. He said, I was on my way to a multi million dollar negotiation for my company. And uh, on the way, I heard the same conversation I was having with myself about playing these two championships, that I was going to get beaten by these guys in this negotiation. And I realized how how much alike the two situations were. (coughs) He said, so now I really need some help in changing the way I talk to myself. And that's what we do. See, the question is always, you know, it's like – People always have a choice, Renee. They they either going to work with you, or they're going to find somebody else. Where are they going to find somebody else? You know, I I say, are they going to go to yellow pages? No. So the, does anybody? Does everybody know what the yellow pages are? <laughs> it's like if I talk about Rolodexes, they say, how old are you?
0: I, what is what is that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but 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 the point really is, is that. I, I tell people, you know, uh, call me. I'll use the example Renee likes me to use. They say, When should I call you? I said, It's simple. You imagine a big fan packed with wet manure and a plug, a guy with a plug by an outlet. You call me before he puts the plug in the wall. But the point is, is that any different than what you guys deal with? It? No, it's the same stuff. And so it's a tech philosophy. Yep. It's exactly the same.
0: But, Dan, we're coming up on um, 28 minutes. Uh, oh, Dane is laughing at the fact that when you said the yellow pages, he said that's like saying I'm going back to back it up on a floppy disk. <laughs> <Just laughs> you
1: know, Dane, I could easily say that, you know. <laughs> the
0: yellow pages in a Rolodex, that's too funny.
1: But, you know, it's interesting. I've said to people in business days and, you know, guys who are running companies, I said, let's go back to your Rolodex. Because there are relationships and business. And there's a lot of business sitting in a Rolodex that doesn't come up on, on a computer screen.
0: <laughs> I really, truly wonder if people know what Rolodex is, especially anybody that's like early 20s. anyway dan or go um, google Google
1: rolodex and see what (laughs) ends up
0: so it is going on we're at the 29 minute mark um can you give these folks something to take away with for them for this week we're on we got one more week in 2020 what a year dan give these give the the audience something for the week
1: why don't, why don't we do this? Just everybody just put your thumb and index finger together like this. And imagine that your thumb and index finger are a dimmer switch. And you just increase the pressure on your thumb. And you'll be surprised to notice that the more pressure you increase on your thumb, the more you start to relax across your neck and across the back of your shoulders. Now done with some hypnotic strategies and suggestions, this works a lot better, but Uh, I've had people say to me, this has worked for me. The last time you showed me this was 15 years ago, and now it still works because it's in your subconscious mind and it's something you want to have happen.
0: Awesome. So it's
1: not what does it cost to talk to somebody like Renee and myself. The question is what does it cost not to talk to us? You have no idea.
0: Right. Awesome, Dan. So we will see you again next week, right?
1: Right. Right Absolutely. Yep.
0: Same time, 11-ish, Monday, the 28th, final Monday of 2020. And we will uh, come with some some cool topics for next week.
1: Okay, great. So we'll talk to everybody soon.
0: All right. Thanks so much, Dan.
1: Have a good holiday.
0: Okay. Bye.